God, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for this book. Lord, thank you, Lord, just for this time. Lord, I pray you touch the hearts of all your people, Lord, as the Lord, you've just given me this message, Lord. And Lord, thank you for everyone here. Lord, and I just pray for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So Mark chapter 8, if you would. Mark chapter 8, and in verse number 22. Mark chapter 8, and verse number 22, it says, And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him. And he besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town, and he had spit on his eye, and when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town nor tell it to, nor tell it to any in the town. I mean, you ever just think on this passage for just a little bit? You ever just read? I mean, the Bible does say meditate on the scriptures and meditate on them. I mean, do you ever just think on this passage just for a little bit? <laughs> I mean, it, it's, I mean, I said the Bible's got some funny, not to say that this is a funny passage, but it is definitely a different one. I mean, I don't remember too many times Jesus coming and I spit in his eyes. <laughs> I mean, did you ever think about that? It's a little different. I mean, he spits in his eyes. Not, and I don't know how he did it. He just, you know, come here. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I don't know either. Did it, I mean, it says he spit on his eyes. So he didn't spit on his hands and then rub them in his eyes. He just, hold, I mean, did he have to hold his eyelids open and... <laughs> right? I mean, it's just, and that's weird. It's not weird in a bad weird. It's just, I don't have another word for it. I apologize. <laughs> you know, it's different. No, that, yeah, I mean, you think about it, but the man's response. And you think, and he says, and he looked up and he says, what do you see? You know, I see men as trees walking. <laughs> what? <laughs> you see men as trees walking. I mean, you ever think about that? It's just kind of, and he was blind. I mean, that that was his first response. It wasn't, man, I never seen those colors before, or oh, that that's what a deer looks like. It was, I see men as trees walking. (laughs) That's what it was. And then you got God's response. And after that, he put his hands upon his eyes and made him look up and he was restored. You know what? He does it again. Puts his hands on his eyes. You know, and I don't know, you know, if he just rubbed them this way or something or he just rubbed them this way. And it says he made him look up. And he saw every man clearly. I mean, you ever think just God messed up there? I mean, God just make a mistake. Oh, well, nope. I, I shouldn't have spit in his eyes. I probably should have spit in my hands and then rubbed it in his eyes. 
Forgot. Oh no, no, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I gotta make it. I gotta. I should have made him look up. Or he says, I see men as trees. I see men as trees walking. I see every man clearly. You know, he didn't rub him the wrong way. Forgot to make him look up. You know what? I don't think God made a mistake. I don't think God just, I don't think Jesus, we all know Jesus is God. I don't think he made a mistake. Turn over to Psalms chapter number one. Psalms chapter number 1, verse number 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but they are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. You know what that Bible says there in Psalms chapter number 1? said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his this law doth he meditate day and night. And that Bible says, and he shall be like a tree planted. That Bible says that man is going to be like a tree. That's what the Lord likens him. He likes him unto a tree. He shall be like a tree. I'd like to preach this thing. I had, I've had, always had it as first sermon, but, uh, I'd like to preach on a horse named regret. A horse, I don't, I got, I got the look from Dennis. <laughs> I'm going to explain it, Dennis. Don't worry. <laughs> a horse named regret. So when we, we first moved into our house years and years ago, our neighbor Russell, he's a, he's a great guy. He's a, He's just been a wonderful neighbor to me. He's helped me out time and time and time again. He's, he came in here when we had the beast, beast feast banquet way back when with Shanks, him and Dewey. And, you know, he's just been an extreme blessing to my family, helped me out, fixed my cars over the year, gave me a Celica back when I was packing hard, you know, making 15 bucks an hour here, take this junker car. And I took the motor out of it, put it there and clutch and transmission. He's just been a blessing to me. Lost guy. Right. Just been a blessing. You know, Lord will use the lost guy to bless you. Lord will use whoever he wants just to bless you. And I try to be a blessing to him too as well. Him, his kids, and his wife, and pray for them. And, uh, you know, in his, in his, he used to have, when we first moved in there, he had all these cows. Had these, they were like, like a Jersey kind of cow, like a dairy cow, and he had a couple horses, and, you know, they ran through his field and out into his back field, and, you know what, then, 
years go by and he, you know, I think his cows just got older. He got rid of them. And then he had a couple horses. What was the one Stallion's last name? I don't put her on the spot now. Tabor, what is it? Legacy. Legacy. He had two horses. One was Legacy. The stud he had, big old paint stud that was just a beautiful horse at that time before it got old. And he had another horse named Regret. That was the name of the horse, Regret. And this sort, they lived long, good lives, and you know, but eventually Regret just got old. And he took her head to take her out back. Is was anything out back? You know, some people call in the renderer and just have them done that way. But then there's other old school people like me that just say, you know what? I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna take her out back, dig a hole because she's gonna stay here. I'm not gonna have her off where she's uncomfortable. You know what I mean? That's the way I put down my. If I'm not judging nobody, don't judge me. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can do whatever you want. But old regret come in and, and she just lived past past her age. Nobody had to take her out back, and he dug a hole. And he had to put regret down. So he put regret down and, you know, he planted right in between these two maple trees, beautiful maple trees that come out. I mean, some of these maple trees that grow around here in Ridgefield, if you see them, they'll, they'll start from a little stump and like six, seven, eight of them come out and they're just beautiful trees. And he's got one over here. It's probably got a group of five or six and another one over here that's got another group of five or six and they all come out of the ground. Just beautiful, like old trees. But then since regret passed away, he said, you know what? We're going to plant an apple tree in remembrance of old regret. And they planted that apple tree in remembrance of regret. And then he left it. And that was, that was regret then after that. That was regret. And they left it. They left that apple tree. And years went by. Eight to ten more years go by and that apple tree that was planted there and, you know, we're still friends with Russell and, you know, I remember we, I, I got, I never got a hunt when I was a kid. And my dad wasn't into hunting. And, uh, so I mean, praise the Lord to people in our church, Aldridge's. I asked John, he was, he's big into hunting. And, uh, I said, Hey man, I'd like to learn how to hunt. And John took me under his wing and I shot my first buck ever with John Aldridge. Shot my second buck with John Aldridge too. I had to thank me. I got in tears the other day just thinking about that. You know, him taking enough time to take me to shoot my first buck. I'll never forget it. I never will. I never will. And uh, I appreciate that. But then as time went on, these eight to ten years, you know what? I, I wanted to, I, I started noticing, man, I don't got to go all the way to the Blue Mountains to go hunting. I got big deer running in my backyard. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm spending thousands of dollars to go over here and hunt over here. I can shoot big bucks in my backyard. So I asked my neighbor, well, we had that, and I told you that story Sunday school. We got to hunt that, we shot that one. We only had permission to hunt our property at that time. So we asked, we asked our neighbor Russell, you know what, can we, uh, can we hunt on your property? He goes, yeah, hey, you can hunt on our property. And he only had that one horse at that time. He had this stud legacy. And she just kind of mainly stayed up in the front pasture because it was greener and all the back was all sticker bushes. So and we kind of, we were hunting that for a little bit and then me and Tabor were talking and just kind of realizing, you know what? Man, if we could get some of these stickers down, we could probably see the deer a lot better. So then we were hunting his property. So now we got to ask him, you know what? Hey, Russell, can, is it okay if we, if we, if we mow down your stickers out here? Hey, can we mow your stickers down? 
And this is what he says. He goes, yeah, you can, yeah, you go ahead, you can mow them down. He goes, just don't, don't mow down that apple tree. And we're like, apple tree? What apple tree? And he's got one apple tree that's right beside a fence, right beside our fence. And we know where that apple tree is. The deer come to that apple tree all the time. But we didn't know about this other apple tree that he had planted over here with legacy. And we're like, what apple tree? He goes, oh yeah, you go out there back there on this one row of these hedges where the, the sticker bushes go all the way across. And he says, there's a, there's a, there's a tree there, an apple tree we planted in remembrance of legacy. We go, oh, okay. So we go out there. You know, Tabor and I were like, what apple tree? You know what? So we go out there and we're chopping and we're looking for it. You know, we finally found it. And I, I, I wish I had a picture. I wanted to really do this sermon on a slideshow because it's actually, I mean, the Lord gave me so many illustrations with this. But I mean, from one side of his property, at least 100 yards, all the way to the other side of the fence is nothing but sticker bushes this tall. Okay? And right in the middle of that thing is an apple tree. And by the time we got to it, we pulled it up, and me and Tabor are looking at it, and we go, is this it? (laughs) And you pulled it up, and it was just like, that's an apple tree? I mean, I pulled it up, and there's a branch. I mean, the the, the apple tree was like this, and it was growing across the ground like this, just all the way like this, because all the thorns just pulled it down. I remember I pulled it up and I was just like, is this it? And I'm like, yeah. The table's like, yeah, it looks like apple leaves to me. So we propped it up. And you couldn't even tell it was an apple, to, apple tree. Branches were never trimmed. They were growing everywhere. You know what we did? So we just mowed all around it. Just tried to help it out. The problem was it wasn't planted by the and she shall be and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You know what it wasn't planted by the rivers of water. You know where it's planted? It was planted next to a hedge of thorns. Turn over there. We read it last last week. Turn over to Mark chapter 4. You know, you can look out there in this world and the Lord will show you all kinds of things. Just right there in nature. Mark chapter number 4. Verse number 18, and and these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering and choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. You know, the word is sown, it's planted, and those thorns grew. You know what, it became, became a sticker patch. You know what happened to old regret? You know what happened to that tree? 
it became a part of that sticker patch. You could look on, and I got pictures of that, so I wish I had a slideshow. You could look across from this side all the way to that side, and you could not tell that there was a tree in there. You couldn't see it. It wasn't planted by the rivers of water. It was planted by a whole hedge. Is that on the edge of that right went down? It went all the way down in there, and that was down there was a mud pit. Just filth. Unkept sticker bushes. All the way as tall as you could be. And they planted that there. And it never got taken care of. Planted with the stickers. Planted in the sticker vines. Not by the rivers of water. You know, it became a product of its environment. You know, we got choked out. The thorns grabbed it, grabbed old regret, and pulled her down. And they said, why don't you just come down here and stay here with us? The cares of this world. Why don't you come be a thorn with us? And you looked at it, it just was like, Wurr. when you propped it up, I mean, one branch was going this way, and it had like one leaf. <laughs> one branch go this way, and it had like five leaves that went off this branch. And I mean, and it was like 12 foot tall with branches going out every which direction. But the branches, like the main of the stalk was only like two inches and in, two inches across. It was just like somebody stuck a branch in there, you know what I mean? It was crazy. But the thorns did that. The thorns took regret over. You know what? And she couldn't get away. It was kind of sad. So Tabor and I went through there with the rod and the staff. Killing the stickers. Killing the thorns. You know what? You can't go out this thing quick. Thorns. Am I making, am I making sense here? You get a sticker patch in your yard. If you got any type of property, you just don't run right at it. <laughs> you better take the rod. You can get some of them cares in the world out. You better take that staff and start beating it down. Start getting it right. You better teach your kids about the sticker patch. So I taught my kid about that. This is the sticker patch. You know what this tree's like? This tree's like a Christian living in the world who just became part of the world. Do you see an apple on this tree? What kind of growth does this thing have? We need to try to help this tree out. And you got to teach your kids about the sticker patch. Psalm 23 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, for thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You know what? You get out there in this world, and there's a lot of evil going on, and you know what? This rod and this staff, it'll comfort you. It's not going to be the, the cares of this world. You go run into a sticker patch. 
Praise God ain't going to be the first thing come out of your mouth. Especially if you fall down. I'll bet money on it. No, I won't. I can't remember. But I'm telling you, but it's not a comfort. Although some of these cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and as Timothy says, and some erred thereafter, talking about the thorns, talking about the sticker patch, it's not comforting. It's not going to comfort you. Not the way this rod and this staff does. Not the way this book does. Not the way God does. It's a comfort. God's a comfort. The stickers will hold you down and choke you out. The Bible says the rod of correction, that word, that's what you need. That's what we need. And that staff, that staff's to keep things away. For that shepherd, it's also to pull them back, like the prodigals. I want you to come on back. That's why that little hook's on the end. I want you to come on back. But you know what? You got to keep that ground, that good ground. You know what? You want to keep it sticker free. But some people like it as a hedge of protection, those cares of the world. One of the best illustrations the Lord ever showed me is like one side of our fence all the way down. I don't even have a hot wire going down it. You know what one side of my fence is all down that north side? It's barbed wire held up by sticker bushes. And sticker bushes will hold in a thousand pound steer. (laughs) You know? So like I said, if that steer ain't going to run through it and he's got skin this thick, I know you ain't going to. But it's like a hedge. Not a good one. You keep that ground weed free. I remember the one time my wife was cleaning up that backfield. We got stickers that grow all over. I'm sure anybody of you live in the Northwest, we all got weeds in our yard. We got stickers to no end. You got everywhere. But we try to keep the weeds out because if you can keep the weeds out, the horses and the cows eat, eat the rest. So you don't have to do that. They'll do the rest for you. But remember, there's always be these patches of grass. Well, how come they're not eating that? The grass is all growing up nice and tall. Then you'd go out there and you'd look at it and you'd get down in there a little bit. And all of a sudden there'd be a thistle right in there. I'll let cow go in there and go, oh, that's nice. Oh, my nose. <laughs> I mean, I don't like that sticker patch. Same could be said for a Christian, though. You're out there living in the sticker patch all day and cares of this world or whatnot have you, or anybody, me too, you know. And then you go to eat something from the Word of God and you don't get nothing. You know, maybe you got to get the... Get some of those thistles out. Get some of those weeds out. That way that food tastes just a little bit better. It's going to digest a whole lot better too. you got to water it. The rivers of water. Feed it. Nourish it. Let the light in. 
The light is word. You know what will sustain you? This book will establish you to where you won't err to the left or err to the right. And you say, you know what? I'm going to stay out that sticker patch because you know there ain't nothing good over there. So you know what we did, Tabor and I? We went and got a fence post. We got this rod. We got this rod and, you know, it's a, in, a, in a form of a T-post. You all know what a T-post is? Got a T-post pounder and I pounded that thing out into the ground because he says, you know what, don't hurt our apple tree. So we propped it up. But, I mean, you couldn't pull back on it too hard because that thing was going to snap because it had been growing this way for so long, just growing right level with the dirt. And we pulled it up. We anchored it to that staff, that rod, and then we put a strap to hold that tree up. You know what? So it's made it so its head wasn't in the stickers no more. That makes sense? So its head's just not in the stickers anymore. The rod kept it so its head was out of the stickers. You know what? You get clean through the Word, through this rod. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed unto thy Word. That's what the Bible teaches. You know what? You're going to stay out the sticker patch. You get with that rod. It'll cleanse you and abide in Him. So I told Tabor, I said, you know what you do now? I said, go get the tractor. So now that we got this tree propped up, the tree's propped up, straps going to it, we're not going to run it over with the tractor. I said, you know what? Go get the tractor. You know what's on the back of that tractor? Brush hog. That's right. <laughs> you know what the brush hog is? It's a giant sword. So you got the shovel. You got the staff. See, no, we're going to make some quick work, and we're just going to go through here, and we're going to try to just take out as many of these stickers as we can with this sword and not hurt the tree. And so we did. Propped that tree up and did the best we could with it. Cutting all them stickers down, but you know what? Regret was just planted in a bad area. Regret was just planted in a bad area. She wasn't planted by the rivers of water. Psalm chapter 1 and it says, A tree planted by the rivers of water. Verse number 3 it says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. You know what? A tree ought to bear fruit. A tree ought to bear fruit. Turn there to Luke chapter number 13. Hold your place there, Luke chapter number 13. Luke chapter number 13 and verse number 6, And he spake also this parable, A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years have I come seeking fruit of this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down. 
Why cumbereth it in the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I come dig about it and dung it. And and if it bear, and if it bear fruit well, and if not, then after thou shalt cut it down. John 15, 2 says, Every branch that bear not fruit, he purgeth it and cut it down. You know what we did? So we trimmed it. We trimmed old regret. We put that sword to it. You know, you never could tell it was an apple tree. We cut some of those branches. Some of those branches, they were so dry because the sticker bushes took all the nutrients, everything it possibly could out of old regret. So you trim those off just a little bit back and they were just like, snap. You know, when you cut a good tree, it's like, you know, you know when there's moisture in that tree, but it was like, snap. Oh, that one's dead anyway. It was all dried up, dried up and withers away, but we left the live ones best we could. Propped it up with the staff, trimmed it up with the sword, and dug it around it with a shovel. So you know what I did? I went over there and I got a shovel. And this is what the Lord reminded me of. He says, the Lord goes, you know, why don't you dig it and dug anything? And I, you remember when I did this? I had 2019. I, the Lord gave me this illustration in 2019. I'm just now preaching on it. True story. <laughs> I looked it up this morning. So I go out there and I, you know, the Lord says, why don't you dig it and dung it? I says, all right. So I go out there and I start digging. You know what? You, just because you chop off the sticker bushes, <laughs> This high off the ground doesn't mean they're going to stay gone. (laughs) Everybody knows this. They're going to come back with a vengeance. So I go out there and I dig up all around it and I get these big sticker bush root wads out. Get them all out. Dig all around the whole base of the tree. There's a lot of shoveling. That's what it was. It was a lot. But I went dug all the way around that thing. Then I went out in Legacy and I looked for Legacy's poop because dung. We don't know what dung is. So I went and find her fresh piles, took her fresh piles, brought them back one by one, blink, threw it all in there, made a nice little rock garden or a little rock border all the way around it so it would hold all the nutrients for this tree. Dig it and dung it. Just waiting to see what was going to happen of old regret. The apple tree. You know, and you're sitting, I remember we were sitting there looking at it and I had, it was all propped up and this side of this limb was cut off that way and this one was cut off that way and this one was cut off that way. And you know what? The, the tree was, the tree was weird looking. It was weird looking. You know what? But a lot of Christians are weird looking. <laughs> I mean, I'm weird looking. <laughs> I remember we was doing the 4th of July parade that one year and, uh, we came by here. And there was this one little skinny little guy with glasses. He had like little punk rocker hair and he's fully sleeved tattoos. And I seen him say, hey, wave to him, you know, this and that. Gary ends up striking up a conversation with him. And I was talking to Gary afterwards. Gary goes, yeah, that guy's a pastor of some church over there. Oh <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. Nice guy. You know, I mean, he's a pastor of church somewhere. You never know. No. You never know. I remember, um, went down there. I mean, and they, a tree could be rough looking. Right. A tree could be rough looking. I think of, I think of Dave Spurgeon. This guy was a one percent outlaw biker gang. I heard him preach down there. I think I gave I think I gave you or um, somebody else the book. Yeah, yeah. One percent outlaw, one percenter. When you're a one percenter, 
you did some stuff. You're in. You know what I mean? You're 1% gangbanging with the outlaw motorcycle gang. And you read this guy's testimony, you know what? He went through some stuff. Big old beard, riding a Harley. You know what? He ended up getting saved in prison. Whole church came praying for him. You know what he does now? He's a traveling evangelist. And he's phenomenal. But you want to know what? He's still got all the biker tattoos. I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. At all. I'm just saying that's a tree out there. But you know what that tree's doing? That's it. He's still bearing fruit, even though he's a little rough looking. I think of the tree, sorry, Timothy, and Timothy's front yard. <laughs> that tree out there, I remember when that, that tree was huge. That's probably like a hundred year old apple tree. I remember Roger started cutting that tree. He started cutting on that tree. And I remember looking at that tree going, Roger, there ain't nothing left of that tree. And there was like a little branch coming off this that off the one side. And it's an old tree. And I just remember thinking, why don't you just cut that whole thing down? There's one little branch off that. This one little weird looking little tree. But you look at that tree now. You know what that tree is doing? It's bearing fruit. Aren't you glad today that the Lord ain't just cutting down trees because you're a little bit weird looking? <laughs> hey man, I've been cut down a long time ago. <laughs> nope, you're too weird, Mike. You're out. <laughs> Lord's still looking, using weird looking people to, to bear fruit. He trim them up. He does the trimming. He does the, the cutting. He does the, the, the purging. He's got that stuff figured out. Not you, not me, God. Thing is, you just gotta abide. Psalm chapter one, verse number three. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season and his leaf also shall not wither. You know what that tree over there at, at Timothy's house? You know what's got? It's got leaves on it. I remember when he cut that thing, he didn't hardly have nothing. You know what's got now? You know what's got flowers. You know the thought there? You know what's going to come next? Yeah. First, the bees are going to come around. This is just a little side note. It's really got nothing to do with the sermon. But bees, bees got to come around before you bear fruit. Don't forget it. Some people are bees sometimes. But bees ought not hurt trees. That makes sense? Don't Bees don't hurt trees. Just because they got a stinger and they might sting you, don't pay no never mind to no busy bees. That makes sense? A lot of people like to hit you with their stinger. Just don't pay no never mind. Go bear fruit. Go be a tree. Planted by the rivers of water. I'm going to skip that one. Not well. I remember one time we we had a we had a bald faced hornet's nest. We got some apple trees in our yard. And this bald-faced hornet's nest 
put a nest right inside our apple tree. And it was the coolest thing because this huge hornet's nest was probably like this big, about like that. And right in the center of it was an apple. And you could see the apple. I still got the picture. The apple was in the nest, and you could still see it. So I'm thinking, I'm like, man, I want to see if that piece of fruit's going to survive all these bees. And my wife's like, get rid of that thing. Those things are stinging everybody. And I'm like, well, I want to see what happens first. She's like, get rid of that thing. <laughs> so after, it took about a week. And you know what happened? Those bees went and surrounded that. And they're not bees. They're hornets. They're nasty. But they surrounded that whole piece of fruit. And then they started stinging everybody. And so we had to get rid of that thing. But, <laughs> but those, those hornets, man. Yeah. No regret. We propped it up. We trimmed it up. We digged it and we dung it. You know what? The only growth that happened off that tree, speaking of its, its leaf, never, never withered. The only thing that ever came out of that whole entire tree was out of the new growth right down there. That was it. The whole rest of the tree died. But the new growth that came right out of the ground that sprouted out from the root that came off alongside of it, the only little bit, and it only grew up about this tall before it passed. That was it. Not just like a lost man. Gets saved later in his life. You know what I mean? Or somebody's been living off. But it just started just to keep on growing. You know, it was going to bear some fruit. But I'll be honest, we didn't get a chance to trim it up and keep it off, but that new growth did happen. It was a blessing to see it. But you know what? That that did end up dying. You know what's neat? After we took that thing off, that tree stayed there. Even though it was done this way and we trained it to, to grow upright and stand upright and trimmed all the stuff, you know what it did? It died upright. Took the strap off and it was still there. It didn't want to go back down, which is a blessing to see. That was just like, wow, the Lord's good. But you know what? It just didn't abide. Turn to John chapter 15. John in chapter number 15 verse number 1 says I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman you know a husband is husband is the one that trims the vines husband is the one that knows how to take care of it you know like I said that's God's job God's job is to do the trimming Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as ye cannot, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Here it is, verse 6. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. Now, you don't want to wither away. You'd be like a 
tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season, and their leaf does not wither away like regrets did. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye can keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. You know, Jesus said that, but John repeats that in 1 John chapter 1, verse 4. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. You know what? you got to get into God and quit just abiding in the sticker patch. You know what? You got to let God get into you and just get in. Get in and fit in like you're grafted. Amen. Get in where you. Look oh. Psalms again, chapter number one. We'll kind of finish with this. Psalms chapter one. It says, and he shall be like a tree. Planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaves also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And why is he going to prosper? Because he's a blessed man. Because he walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You know what comes down to that book too? But his his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. Look at Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, last verse. This is said unto Joshua on the way into the promised land by God. Verse number one, now after the death of Moses, servant of the Lord came to the pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, we're going to skip past the rest and go to verse number eight. This book of the law shall not depart of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate thereon day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according that all is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. You know what? It's a prosperity doctrine. Stay in this book. Abide in this book. Stay out of the sticker patch. Like old regret. 
be a tree that's going to bear some fruit, especially as a young man, young woman. As you start getting older and you start looking at that tree that just sat in the sticker patch so long and you start saying, well, that was resembled me quite a bit. You know, it's better just to stay out and stay, get out the sticker patch. Weed some of those things out. Don't let your leaf wither. Don't let the thorns take it. Don't let the thorns make you grow funny. Let the Lord grow you. Just stay in the book. Meditate on it. Just do it. And you'll prosper. You'll have good success. And what? That's a promise. That Bible says He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. That's a rewarder. That's prospering. That's success. It makes me think of that blind man. That blind man saw him. Do you realize it? How did the blind man seek him? Think about that too. He had to hear him. And the blind man saw him. And because he sought the Lord, the Lord was done doing stuff over there in Bethsaida, but that blind man came to him and God took him out of the town. And he made him look up. And he healed him. You know what? We need to be looking up to the Lord. Not only looking up like the blind man, but looking him up too. Looking for the Lord. Looking for Him. Constantly abiding like the song teaches. And He shall be like a tree. Planted by the rivers of water. You know what? Don't lose sight of it. Don't let your leaf wither like regret. Closing thoughts as the piano player comes. Psalms chapter 1. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You know what? Where are we walking today? Where are we walking? Who, who are we listening to? We're listening to God this morning. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. You know what? Where are we standing? Who are we hanging out with? Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. You know, where are we sitting at? Where are we planted? Where are we abiding? Are we abiding in His Word? But His delight is in the law of the Lord. You getting delight out of this book this morning? Is it still just as precious as it was when He got saved? Or has it become more? Is it your all in all? And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Now, how often are we thinking about it? These cares of the world, do they come up? And is that mostly what we're thinking about? Or are we thinking about the Lord and setting our heart and our affections upon him, 
focusing upon him. Watching him do a great thing in our life, just like he did over there in 1 Samuel chapter number 7. Don't forget about the lamb. Are we planted by the rivers of water? Are we bringing forth fruit? How's our leaf looking? And whatsoever we do, is it prospering? Or is it a struggle? All I know is I don't want to be like regret. You know what? I don't want to have them. I just want to go on for the Lord. Amen, Brother Mike.